Good evening, friends. Welcome back to the Front Porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I'm joined, as always, by the one and only Michael Daniels. How's it going, Mike? How is your Wednesday? Wednesday. Uh, great. It's wonderful. It's a, a beautiful day to be alive, Dennis. And we got a lot to talk about tonight, mm-hmm. uh, or at least exciting things. We, You and I sometimes talk about beforehand what we're going to talk about. And I'm kind of a little excited about this week. We're going to talk about, we don't usually do a um, table of contents at the beginning, right? But um, I'll go ahead and uh, spill some of the beans. Sometimes we do. I, th- I think we talked about doing that. Uh, the we, we also always talk about what we're going to talk about before we start recording. Mm-hmm. But... Much to maybe the surprise of our listeners, we do have a plan <laughs> where we ramble. It feels we, like, but we're actually on track. When we start, mm-hmm. uh, uh, some weeks uh, more of a plan than uh, than others. Right. But well, this uh, this this know, week, a, I've got we've got some some exciting things, and and one of the reasons we don't say this, uh, dear listener, is that uh, you know because Dennis and I just love talking about all the things. We don't always hit all our topics, right? We'll, we'll pick some things we want to talk about and we don't, but. Tonight, don't get to I am looking forward to. We're talking about our show, which is going to be the French Connection. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I want to say I don't think I have a lot to talk about that, but uh, maybe because got some some stuff, and I, I want to hear your thoughts. So I'm kind of excited about l- least listening to that one. Uh, we're going to do some trailer sure. section. You and I have watched like four trailers: The Batman, Home Alone, Scream, and Hit Monkey. And I got to hear your thoughts on some of those and what I think. So I'm looking at that one. Rift Breaker came out. I don't even know much about that game but i got a little bit of opinions and i think you've played it so i want to talk about that mm-hmm. we played D yesterday uh our friends and and me as dm i'm looking forward to that one and both of us have played back for blood so there's a bunch of stuff that this week that i'm looking forward to what are we going to start with what do we, let's let's dive into some things because we're only got like 90 minutes here sure let's um I don't know. You probably don't. You probably didn't list those in the order that you wanted I to didn't. talk about I just, them. Those are things. Uh, why don't we start with uh, the the new the new hot ticket, the new new cool gaming thing? I don't know how I want to introduce this. <laughs> sure. It was, it was lo- this, this got away from yeah, me. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the new video game, Back for Blood. This is a what i don't i actually don't know any of the details to this but it's a spiritual successor to the left for dead franchise that's funny that's funny same people. I, i've heard that too. i don't know anything about that i've, I've you heard could probably that too. get more of those details I, no i don't know I don't. by googling them yeah. or or listen to a an actual video right. game podcast right uh um, they'll have those, how can something be a spiritual successor of, of something else that is still making games like isn't left for dead actually still like those that series isn't that still making games it's not like a dead franchise Oh, maybe I'm wrong. I don't, I don't know. know. I, I never mean, played them, so I don't know. Uh, spiritual successor is a weird sort of expression, and that's funny for me to say because I know that I just invoked it. But it means like something, you know, but not that, but different. Yeah, it's like if you often often it's used when the official line of a franchise has uh, lost its way or or deviated from its original or doesn't make um, games anymore or maybe like it's done right yeah or they stop something something has made the original uh undesirable in some way to to a given consumer or maybe even the large consumer base i think of uh sim city okay same kind of thing we played a game called cities skylines oh yeah yeah which i would call spiritual successor spiritual successor city because the official uh it's not maxis it's ea it used to be maxis for the 
fellow old timers. Um, the official EA SimCity game has changed quite a bit from its original form. Yeah. And so another studio, City Skyline, said, well, they don't, you know, here's what EA has a copyright on, and it's not generic city builder with streets and trains and and underground pipes and all that stuff. And so let's make our own one of those that doesn't have microtransactions and doesn't have mm-hmm. all the other things that people don't like about the newer SimCity games. Um, a similar example, not similar example, another example I think of is the role-playing game Pathfinder. Oh, yeah, for D&D. Right? When, when the official Wizards of the Coast D&D went to 4th edition, which I've I've never played, but I've heard described as a more video gamey mm-hmm. style mm-hmm. of D&D. Yep. A lot of sure. the the classic um old school players who were fans of of uh 3.5 3rd edition um said we don't want to do this video game thing. We want to do what we did before but with some of the the things fixed. And so a company called Paizo stepped in and said, Hey, let's make our own D and D. We'll change the names of everything. Like we're supposed to, to get not get sued mm-hmm. and we'll call it Pathfinder. Right. And it's still going strong. It has its own, uh, whole fan base, even though, uh, D and D has sort of steered back into its own style with fifth edition. And that's, you know, uh, more, po- it's more popular right. than ever my, with my, my, my example that I remember most is, uh, and, um, the that people uh, pillars of eternity series was a spiritual accessor air quotes to Baldur's gate series and, and that, in that case they don't hadn't sure. made those kind of games in a long time and these other people came back and said hey we want to make them again so anyway move make the back for blood right yeah you're right spirit people say spiritual successor to left for dead i did not play left for dead before um i have several Neither friends who have played it and loved that series um I had not, this has not been on my radar at all. I didn't think about it and didn't know about it. Don't know whatever. And I honestly didn't realize any of our friends were like into that series either. Um, so they got into it and they started playing it and you jumped onto it before I did even. And which is funny because mm-hmm. I don't think of you as a first person shooter guy. Right. Not really. Right. Um, not really. And then, so they started playing it. Now this is only what a week in two weeks or two weeks. Right. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, I think two weeks in. Yeah, at mo- at most two weeks. I don't know if it's even been two full weeks. Right. So, but, so we, uh, we started yeah. playing this with some of our friends who are all on board with it, like really loving the, the thing. Um, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I guess you and I are going to come at this, I don't say review or discussion, uh, from a completely new player standpoint, right? Like what yep. this is about. Okay. Have you – I just – I actually uh, – fortuitously have uh, the Left 4 Dead in front of me on Steam, right in front of me. And it says that I have played a total of 11 hours. So that is not significant, but that is enough. You know? Yeah, that's a good, that's a good point. I would have said that I've not played Left 4 Dead, but I probably own the first one and played it once or twice. My my experience is probably... uh, uh, similar to yours right. in terms so what, of what, what, what do you th- what do you played. think so, of so far in, in the limited time that the two of us have played what, what do you think of this game so far what first off before people um, don't even know what left left or back for blood is uh tell me the genre what yeah, you think it is weird. and we're, we're, how it kind of any generalities of the so game. so this this genre is a four player uh um hence the number four in the name um four player 
zombie co-op survival shooter. I, wow, I thought this um, was number four. Okay, so that's what it's for. It's for four-player. Okay, sur- survival is maybe not the right word because there's no like, you know, there's no oxygen or food or or heat or any of those kind of mechanics. It's just a, it's a mission shooter. Um, it's compared to Halo, a game of which I played the first couple, two or three, I think. Yeah. Through Halo Three, probably. Um, is, and is, I also is it, played. Is this the first game in the series? There's no other Back for Blood Threes or Back first... for Blood Ones. Not that I know. Oh, okay. Wow. I um, things I know now on, again, on the I podcast. Don't, uh, I don't know. Um, I don't know the full history of the game and the franchise. Okay. Um, but, it, but it's like a mission based. Uh, uh, for those who have ever played yeah, Vermintide, that kind of thing. Vermintide. I compare it to Halo because, I mean, now granted, Halo has a sort of continuing story. This is much more missions. Um, Do a mission. Got to go similar. beat the map that is in front of you. Right? Yeah. And and the missions are are in acts, in scenarios, kind of similar to Diablo. And important, or, it's, or it's other cooperative, games. not PvP. It's cooperative. That's, that's important. Very important. Um, and I've played... Um, zombie themed. I played about an. Yeah, it's zombie themed. I think I said that yeah. in the uh, so it has it has different difficulty levels. Um, there are preset characters, just like um, I don't know Borderlands and and other games like that. And there are also things in the world, uh, um, weapons that you could swap out, weapon upgrades, and all of your typical like health packs and ammo and the the yeah, health yeah, system. Yeah is a little different from what I've seen before where you have different kinds of things that will restore your health and they have varying uh, degrees of, of efficacy. Yep. Uh, so I played this about an hour ish by myself uh, just to get a feel for mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, my, my internet connection out here in the camper is not great. So when I tried to play multiplayer, I kept getting dropped out of the game and the game is brand new. So the system for rejoining after you have dropped a connection to game is not very good. It oh, seems yeah, like sure. you can you can reconnect once and then if you get dropped again, you're just stuck in spectator mode for the rest of the mission. Yeah. It might be that you can rejoin after the mission ends. I couldn't stay connected long enough to f- find out right. whether that was true. I would get dropped multiple times in the same mission. Um, and to their credit, later- this is cross-platform. So they're not only dealing with network connections, which is PC things, they're dealing with PlayStation That's and true. Xbox and stuff, so it's got to be true. a hairball. It's, it's right? both uh, both major consoles, um, and I don't know actually if it runs. You play? You played on Steam? I played on yeah Steam PC. Yeah, okay. And and I, it's I don't Steam know if controller on Xbox on PlayStation. We've played with all the yeah, things. I I don't know if it's supported on the Xbox One and the PS4. I sort of assume it, it is. It I don't is. know why that I assume that. I've seen those little icons and stuff. Yeah, it's not super. Um, it's not super intensive um, graphics. Like it looks, it looks good. It looks yeah. nice, but it's right. a, it's an online multiplayer. You're not game. seeing so ray they're, tracing they're, happening everywhere. Yeah, yeah, they're prioritizing, um, you know, speed performance, not graphics yeah, yeah. performance. Uh, but um, but yeah, out of the box, saying saying that it is cross platform, I heavily support and i'm a big fan of that so whatever sure, is said sure, about yeah. the game 
kudos for you know launching with this thing that is has cross play not just cross compatibility but cross play with all these things i can buy a playstation game and play with my xbox buddies that is love Mm. it every time that happens i'm such a fan (laughs) i mean it is it's just like you you don't have to sure you know tribal type stuff you can pick your thing of choice and play with your friends exactly Okay, so so um, this game, other, uh, you have enjoyed it in the time you played. Is it you know again? I, I know you're not an F- FPS person, but overall, yeah, yes, I not. I got on. Um, it was it was you and I and uh, and our buddy Zon. Yep. it was late after uh, the rest of the group, and we've got what as many as eight, not eight, surely like seven people playing. Yeah, I think Chance is playing, but I don't think he's played with us yet. He played um, with me a couple th- times. Him and Jess and I. Um, there are the three brothers, um, you and I, our buddy Fox, and his co-host Chris. Correct. Uh, from Geek Scholars Movie News. Um, and is that the whole group? I don't know. We've had enough to have two games for... Oh, our buddy Aaron is playing. Or did you say Geek, Geek Scholar um, Chris? Did you say that? Yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing this game did that I have heard about um, and decided to make it vaguely relevant to my my uh, uh, reality is it was um, released day one on Game Pass, the Microsoft that is relevant, uh, game subscription yeah. uh, service. I know that the guys on the core podcast that I listen to yeah. all have that subscription. I think a couple of them have Xboxes or Series S, whatever the new Xbox mm-hmm. is called. Um, and they talk about how great Game Pass is. And I'm like, I had Game Pass for a minute. I think I canceled it after a week because everything that I saw in there looked like a console game and nothing against console games, but I wanted to play those on my console sitting on the couch, yeah. not at my desk at my Correct. computer. Um, but this game, uh, Back for Blood, was day one Game Pass. It is also because it's brand new, it's still full retail, $60. Right. And because I had no real interest in it for my own uh, uh, interest, but was interested because our friends were playing, I'm like, I don't think I want to drop $60 for a game that is, you know, flavor of the week with our friends. Like, if it, you know, falls out of favor, people get disinterested in a week... I'm going to regret having spent that $60. Sure. But also if I wait like a couple weeks or a month, and I mean, it's not going to go on sale for months. Sure. That's not yes. how right. things work. I'm like, if I wait for it to go on sale, people will definitely be over it. Yeah. Um, and so I looked at the numbers. Game Pass is $10 a month. That, that is completely like reasonable, right? If you Yeah. If you play a lot of games, if you play a lot of different games, now I have a tendency to you know go on big breaks between playing games mm-hmm. or play the same game like go back to the same stable of games like Factorio, Diablo, World of Warcraft, uh, Final Fantasy 14. Like I go to MMOs or I'll go back to the same games over and over and I'm like I don't know that I really care about always playing a new game. But of course in this situation the math is not hard. Yeah. Right? If uh if we play back for blood for fewer than six months i'll have come out ahead if i just play back for blood and then cancel just that one game on the whole pass right and then yeah and then a couple days later 
um, the game, uh, not Shipbreaker. What's it Rift, called? Rift, Rift Breaker. Breaker. Yeah. Uh, there is it called the Rift Breaker? I think it's called the Rift Breaker. It, it's like it's yeah, like it the, is. It's the it's the Rift Breaker. The Suicide yeah, Squad. It is. Um, I played that game in its uh, beta early access. They had some like free demo thing, maybe on Epic or something, and I played that a little bit, and it seemed cool. It's a base building tower defense, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Factorio kind of kind of game maybe a little like uh dice sphere program um and that was not full price i want to say on steam it was like 30 maybe 40 30 dollars correct it's 30 mm-hmm. um it's also on game pass well okay so i'm gonna be open transparent here it's available for, okay. for game pass ultimate which is not ten dollars a month it's fifteen dollars a month and just just okay. being truth in in advertising here, there might be a different. I don't know the the ten dollar one I had has some version of that game. Maybe there's a better version of it that I maybe there is there is three plans for the Xbox real quick uh, for the Game Pass console only is ten dollars okay. PC only is ten dollars Ultimate pays for both and it's fifteen dollars a month and that there are some games that are Ultimate only. I'm sure there's like a, a window. Okay, sure, uh, sure. Back for Blood is for. PC and um, uh, Ultimate, console. not for for console. Oh, um, but nice. where, whereas the Rift Breaker is for um, Ultimate only. I, I just again, truth in advertising. Not that it matters, but when we're you know talking about these things, uh, it's not as complicated as I'm making it sound for this kind of process. No, there's you th- get a lot of games plans. for ten dollars, ten to fifteen dollars a month. Yeah, yeah. Even even the I mean, fifteen I think is what I played for game. What I paid for GameFly, and GameFly is like how Netflix used yeah. to be. I don't. Know I mean, you pay fifteen dollars any... a month for Final Fantasy fourteen, and that's one game. Exactly. Right. So exactly. Th- this is. Um, so everybody knows I'm not. So a, value... I'm not a huge Microsoft person. I not. I'm not anti Microsoft, but I'm a PlayStation guy. But this is great. Right. Like this is a good deal. That if you're a gamer, a PC gamer. You should you should probably jump on. And matter of fact, I feel bad that I bought Back for Blood straight out at sixty dollars when I should have just bought this thing. <laughs> um, and and looking at Rift Breaker, and I'm thinking I should probably do the same. I should just jump on the Xbox games because there are so many things on Steam where I just look at and I'm like, I'll buy that. It's twenty dollars. When I should just be Game right. Pass and be like, sure, I'll get that instead, and it's part of my pass. I'll I'll install it and try it, and then not have. A library of Steam games you've never played, but you paid a ton of money for, right? For an hour, yes. But paid, you know, twenty bucks yeah. for. Uh, yeah. Uh, matter of fact, I can't see myself within this next week not signing up for a Game Pass. It's just the right thing. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I think. I yeah. think it's worth. Anyway, it. I, I did that, and uh, late in the evening, after um, more people had gone to bed and my my internet was a little more reliable, I was able to get on with you and Zon, and we played. What did we play the whole first act? We played. L- yeah, for I a think long we did. Time. I, I mean, think we past, played the first act. Past where I was like, I could probably go to bed, but we're, like, it just takes just one person through. to be like, Let, yeah. let's let's do one more. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And 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 now we've moved all through the like details of all the periphery things of this game. The game itself, I, I agree. I I liked it. I like pushing through. I enjoy playing it. Um, I this is this is some of those games that our video game group of subgroup of our friends uh, tends to mm-hmm. work well with. 
And for listeners out sure. there, I'm going to explain that, what this means. is that if you don't always have a lot of time to play, but you have like an hour or so, maybe a week or every two weeks to play with people, this is one that is totally bite-sized, meaning that you can yeah. you can log on um, and you can play for an hour or so and feel some progression and get accomplishment and then quit. And and it, and yeah. everybody feels good about it. Uh, games in this one. What's the Rock and Stone game that we play? What's Rock and Stone? What's that called? Um, a Deep Rock. Galactic. Deep Rock Galactic is that Vermintide? We said before is that this is one. It's not like an MMO where you get on and you're invested for three hours and you are all doing. And it's not like that at all. You've got to do a bunch of chores. Yeah, no. And, th- this is yeah. one where you. This is the game that you log on. You do a thing together as a group, regardless of your your experience or your not experience, and you can all immediately play together. And without any kind of problems. Uh, That's huge. That's not always rare. And I Mm -hmm. think that's why Back for Blood was something that our group immediately all jumped on. And I didn't know that. So props to that. I feel it's worth it. Yeah, I paid $60. I can afford that. It is a little, I think it's a little pricey. Um, Actually, I think it's better than Vermintide. And the reason I say it's better than Vermintide, because Vermintide, at least at launch, had not even half as many maps, it felt like. And this has okay. a lot of maps. I, I'm I'm through Act Two at this point. There's four acts. I'm through Act okay. Two, and that's already more maps that I feel that Vermintide has had. So, and I'm playing at rookie level. Let me clarify: rookie level is very Recruit. difficult. <laughs> you cannot just jump into the next level um, in this game like you can other things. You can't just start on veteran on hard because it's a progression type thing. Yeah. you have to start our, at new. Our friends. Um, our friend, the three, uh, Zahn and Pete and Ben, the brothers, um, and Geek Scholar Chris played the first night. Yep. Um, and I think Fox was with them for a while too. I had, my family were still in town. We were doing birthday stuff. And so I could not participate in that. And my game client wasn't done downloading anyway. Um, but I asked Fox, you know, in private chat, like how it was going. And there was some kind of conflict about the difficulty level. And I think you and I have talked about this before. Um, the brothers have a higher tolerance for difficult games and failing at them mm-hmm. than than you and I do. Um, but have gotten more uh, sympathetic when they have uh, at somebody with them who's not quite oh, as... Oh, yeah, they're, uh, they're great, great, grateful. Not, not quite as high of a failure tolerance level. Like P- Pete described it a good way. Like he played... What did he play? One of those single-player games. Boy, the name of it is right on the tip of my tongue. But he played it for a while on almost the hardest difficulty. Right. And he's like, I did this for three hours, just failing and failing, like trying to do it. Correct. He's like, I know that's not fun for everybody. I'm not even sure it was fun for me. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and so that was a funny thing. But then they had this whole debate the next day because i was curious because um we don't know chris right like we, i mean we know we, chris he's in yeah. our discord we we talk to him in chat yeah. but we don't know him in person Correct. Right? right he sure. doesn't uh you know aside from fox none of us have met him in person yet we are big and fans of i was like chris. <laughs> i was like how is he gonna get along with our group and of course people you know like i was in a wow guild for a year and a half and i never met any well i knew one guy we joined together but and I've I met a couple of them over time, mm-hmm. but I knew I didn't know any of you know it's a thing happens all the time. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, this is one guy 
playing with three brothers who are pretty close in age, who grew up playing video games, and hardcore who players. still play video <laughs> games. Like they do this, so they they clearly have like a well defined, uh, well established like taste in games. And I was like, is he gonna? How is that gonna go? Is he gonna? You know? And then he was. He was like, are people getting on t-? the next day? He was like, are people getting on tonight? And I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. worked worked. Well, they didn't, right? they didn't scare him away. <laughs> they didn't scare him uh, away. They went through, like that. <laughs> the, you know, that's the, the weird way to say that. Right. But uh, they had I this whole debate about like, you know, what should the difficulty level be? How could it, you know, and then, you know, like, how should the game be designed? Like the general consensus was you really can't, uh, so that it's uh recruit veteran and, expert or something nightmare whatever the the highest uh of those three difficulties and they were they were playing on veteran and and they did some research googling and whatever the next day and found out or determined that the uh player base consensus is that you really can't uh jump in at veteran and just you know quote unquote get good uh your way through it yeah right like there's some progression in terms of unlocking cards and things like that that i don't really i haven't played enough of the game to to fully uh comprehend but uh yeah yeah so that you saying that thing about the about the difficulty level yeah it's 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 one it's it's definitely one where where you got to go through so um i uh another thing about this game it's not being just a first person shooter there's this thing where uh you get a, a game credits like uh, coins or money or whatever it might in-game money type stuff money, for yeah. for playing through mm-hmm. and succeeding or doing beating levels, uh, missions, maps, whatever you might say, uh, successfully doing a mm-hmm. thing, and then you can go into the what I'm going to call in-game store. There's more to it, but and, and get cards, right? And, and these cards are abilities or uh, perks or pluses and bonuses that you get. Throughout the level. So when you, when you play a game and do a mission, yeah. uh, you're presented with like, hey, which one of these uh, perks, they're called cards, would you like to have for this mission and continue on to the next mission? So every time you get a new mission, you get another perk added to your perk stack type stuff. And these cards or perks um, are unlocked by this in-game currency. So that's important to say. Um Playing the game more and beating missions gives you more money t- for better perks and more power and more capabilities to uh, more readily handle a level. Uh, therefore, when you've got enough of these perks kind of built up, now you've got what's called a build uh, that makes you specialized mm-hmm. in an, a gun or ability or a, uh, an, a certain, play, certain style. play style so that now you can go up to that higher difficulty have those capabilities and better take on stuff. So that's why playing at the rookie level in this game is what you want to do so that you can progress. And that's kind of cool playing things like Vermintide. Um, you know, you can't just jump in and you got to, you got to get good. It's not just getting good. It's also like playing unlocking and you get good by unlocking. Some people don't like that. They want to jump into the hardcore mode right off the bat. But for me, it's kind of like, I want to, I know you want to jump into, in game rating and wow, but part of the the thing is the journey, you know. Part of the, is is doing yeah. that. So uh, this is sure. one of those things that like playing through the rookie mode and, and the veteran modes, and not just learning the maps, but like unlocking the stuff and then getting better because of the unlocking thing is is a positive and it's good. Um, I'm not a zombie guy, uh, so that doesn't do it too much for me. It's this game has a uh, so the theme doesn't do it too much. 
Uh, it has a lot mm-hmm. of the running gun, like kill everything all over the place, swarms of stuff coming at you as you're running sure, through, through yeah, levels. Yeah, yeah. Um, but either way, I enjoy it. I enjoy playing it with people. Uh, downsides in the final synopsis here, I will say to this game, is that it is definitely best played with four people. Um, if you want to buy mm-hmm. this game and play it solo, it is not great. You cannot get in-game money uh, by playing it solo. You have to play with either friends okay. or randos. Uh, or random. And that is unfortunate. And everybody is definitely saying, like, well, I yeah. can't play this game solo and unlock things. True. That's not great. Um, randos definitely suck so far. They are not great. Not because they're always... Sure. Some of them are running through. But if you're playing it by yourself and you have three others... Chances are that one of them is going to be standing in a corner, not knowing what he's doing, and running off cliffs. Mm. And then you're and you're like, I'd yeah, I'd have been better off with a bot. Yes, here. exactly, yes. and and detrimental to the team, like really detrimental because sure. right. you can't get to the end yeah. or can't get past an area unless all of you are there. And this guy is just jumping mm. in a corner, getting dying all the time. Sure, sure, sure. So that is not good. And our experiences of having a good time has all been based around the fact that we have three or four people playing at one time. Uh, or playing with two or three people and a bot. Um, right. But if you don't have that, if I had bought this by myself, I don't know if I'd like this game at all. Um, You'd be on Steam trying to get a refund. Yeah, one. I really would. I would be like, this is, I can't unlock things. I'm playing with randos. They're terrible. They don't talk, nor do they type, or do they do anything. And they're Xbox mm-hmm. kitties or PlayStation punks. You know? <laughs> um, so it would be, just cause a lot of headaches. So final tally on that one is if you've got two or three people on different consoles or play or PC to play this with you, I think it's a really good buy. Definitely worth the game pass buy. Um, if you're like our three friends who are who are fortunate enough to be three brothers who all have similar taste yeah. in games yeah. and also availability in their schedules to play together, uh, you probably are already playing this game. Exactly. But I I will say I don't think it's worth sixty dollars. I don't think I don't think it's worth a triple A price tag. It feels if and you know, it, the cost of games and whatever is a whole different conversation. Sure. But uh, I do, I, yeah, I get that kind of like what we say arcadey feel, mm-hmm. right? Like we played a game, uh, back in early to mid 2020 called, what was it called? Dauntless. Yeah. I remember Dauntless. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dauntless was, was that game free? Yeah. 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 And, and, you know, it did not have as much well i don't even know if that's true i was gonna say it it didn't have as much depth of gameplay it didn't Mm -hmm. right there weren't maps like you dropped into a thing and killed a boss there was no trash there were no swarms or anything like that but it was free yep it was cross-platform including the switch yep and played well with those things and played well and had this kind of four-player matchmaking with a lot of unlocks and skins and and all that stuff and I don't even remember what kind of monetization it had because we didn't, you know, battle pass stuff stick it was battle with pass it things. Uh, much longer. Yeah. A lot of like cosmetics and stuff. So I'm just trying to think how they, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. how they monetized it, how they supported it. Yeah. And I'm now don't take that as me saying that free to play games with, with, you know, microtransactions, whatever are the, are the way are the, are the standard to be held up to, right. but 
that game was free to play and this one's sixty dollars. I yeah. am kind of with you where well, and my, you know, uh experience of of what i did with it in terms of signing up for game pass was i looked at those numbers and said yeah i'm not going to spend 60 dollars on this it's yeah, like a, yeah it's it seems more like maybe a 40 dollar game I, right right number there i was gonna say 30 to 40 dollars I, th- I think 40 is a good, a good number for a launch title 40 bucks um be, because it doesn't and i don't know if yeah. there's i don't know if there's more depth to it that i haven't gotten to um well here's the thing when you play solo mode you unlock all the cards so you can play with all the cards in any build you want and i have done that and so that is like you get to see all the depth like all of it Mm. the whole thing and knowing that i still don't think it's 60 dollars i of course this is our podcast and we get to have our own opinions um (laughs) and everyone else have their own opinions so if you're shouting at me like screw you i love this thing and has everything worth 60 dollars Cool. That's cool for you. Awesome. Dennis and I, 30, 40 bucks is what we're going for. Um, I mean, and I don't know, again, I don't, I, I know, you know, as much as you've heard us say and, and me describe about this game is all that I know. I've not actually listened to, I know I mentioned the core podcast earlier. I've not listened to an episode of their show in probably almost a month. Um, and I'm sure that they are talking about this game in their, in their latest episode. Um, I don't know what, else is happening with this game like if they're gonna do a sort of mmo thing where they're gonna release more acts i would guess uh, they would i guess it'd be like vermintide where they do that more maps that's not gonna be that's not gonna be paid dlc but it's just included in the box price like that might change that value proposition uh my my reaction to those numbers and the number i gave out are based on the information i have which I want to, in, yes. you know, full disclosure is very limited information, or so. or or the fact that it none of that actually matters because any time in the past thirty years you buy a game, the box is what you have for the price that you're paying. So whether I, I if I play this game for only two weeks in my entire life, I have paid sixty dollars for what I have, not paying right. sixty dollars for potential. Right? That's that's actually sure. a really sure. broad topic that we won't go into now is the idea of buying a game on a promise is something that has really been different in the last 10 to 15 years i buy an early access game on the promise that it will be better or i buy an ea battlefield game with the promise that they're going to have expansions but their launch isn't so good i am not on board Mm -hmm. with that kind of stuff so i if that is the case if people are shouting at me through the the internet right now saying like well they're going to have this in the future i don't care I don't care. $60 is what I'm judging on what is right now. And that being said, I don't think this is worth $60. It is a fun, great game that is worth $30 to $40 because it's brand new. And if I would have a recommendation for people out there, I will say, wait two months. The game is still going to be fun. Your friends will still want to play it with you then. And they will all want to jump on board in three months. Come back to them and when it's $30. Right when it's Christmas time or past Christmas time and it's gone on sale, mm. um, sure, the, the, sure. or or of course the Game Pass thing. Um, so that's that's what I would recommend if people are because getting four people, I am amazed that we got like six people to pay sixty dollars for this game, which we didn't because we at yeah, least two of you guys was, were Game Pass people. I, I was impressed by that. Yeah, our buddy Aaron already had Game Pass, and I was like, well, if it's on Game Pass, that's a, yeah, yeah. Uh, I I can't I'm believe sure, I, yeah. I'm yeah. I'm linking think, thinking back now that I enjoy the game, but I'm not burning to play it. I'm I've bought some games, you know, on on a whim, but sixty dollars is a lot for to throw down. 
sure, almost sure. You know, over half a hundred dollars. Uh, so anyway, that's, a, that's enough on the money, but it is an important part of the conversation. Um, sure. And so fun, not, not worth the price right now. Uh, but, uh, depends on the people and, and it, it does fit our game group. And I'm really excited that our, the most thing that you can't put into, uh, quantify about things is playing, spending time with friends, right? Like it's sure. uh, in this case, spending the time with the friends that we have playing the games together is worth $60, which that is not always the case for majority of the people. All right. So let, hey, let's, true. let's move That's on true. to uh, another topic here. Cause we, we, we know we, how we do Dennis, we talk so much about things. Um, yeah, I want to get in cause we're really moving along here. Stupid time is terrible. Let's, let's do the French connection real quick. Cause we got to get that in. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Okay. This week, we talked about a movie that our buddy Fox tells me he loves, and I actually was going to try and get a quote from him. I thought about having him on the show, but we've had him on twice, like in the last Yeah, I that that guy. he's got his own things. <laughs> he's got his own podcast. Um, okay, so this is The French Connection. It is from 1971. It is... Uh, it's like the... Well, before I get into like value judgments, it's it's a it's a cop movie. It's a it's a yeah. You said it right crime, there. Cop movie, uh, like police movie is the it's the simplest way that I can say it. And there's more to say about it than that. Um, why don't we why don't we go into spoilers? Because I think the the ending of this one had some effect on my initial reaction to it. And then um, I had some more, some more thoughts after that, but we're going to talk about the 1971 film French connection. That didn't work. There we go. <laughs> okay. Can I start with my finger on the bell? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I'm going to give final judgment. I'll, I'll repeat final judgments, but I'm going to give a, a general uh, thing and justify it. And then hear your reaction and see what you think. Uh, wasn't a fan of this. Uh, the reason I'm not a fan, the reason I wasn't a fan of this is because it has nothing to do with the talent and the idea and the creativity and the history and the art sentiment of it. It's just because uh, it's old and I've seen these things before and they're better and they've come before and I want to ignore all of the intelligent ways of why this movie is good and just look at it for right now and say like, yeah, uh, I'd rather watch another cop movie right now, you know? Um sure. Sure. And that's going to make everybody like hate me for, for saying that who are, who are cinemaphiles, right? Pro- probably Fox. Right. If right. He, he's listening right now, I was like, Oh, this, you just dropped down a peg in my, in my opinion, Michael. But, <laughs> uh, but it, it, I, I, you know, I've always been on the show dance, like just honest on how I feel. Um, yep. I, I watched it and it was great. And I can see all those things. I've been watching movies for a long time and critiquing them for a long time. And I understand what you guys are all saying right now. I watched this really great YouTube thing that you sent to me, Dennis, uh, from something called Cinema Tyler, uh, that what mm-hmm. I learned from the French Connection, and I really appreciated all the things that that uh, twenty-minute YouTube video said, and it did enhance my understanding of the movie that I watched. Yeah. Still, then it did not mean that when it was over, and my experience was wonderful, and I was really felt better and happy, or had any positive emotions about watching this movie and heavy negatives. I just didn't care. Right. I, I watched it and it was like, yeah, that's, right. that's a cop movie. And then 
now that we're in spoilers, the ending sucked. Uh, it was like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, we we barely got through the middle of an ending, which was completely stupid. I, I said the S word. Completely like the cops did what? They waited on a bridge, and then they came in and stormed, and they did what? And he killed another cop, and then mm-hmm. it just gives me words at the ending about how this ended. And then I looked up and like, this is a real thing. Oh, this is real. And then I heard that the the real life thing, the movie was made it more dramatic than the actual real life thing. I'm like, well, so it was even worse ending in real life than it was in the movie, which was mm-hmm. already terrible. So I was like, yeah, All right. This was not this. This is not a movie made for me. I. And throwing that in before I throw it back to you was saying that I get all the reasons why. I get why this is the first thing, time it's been done. I get why it's gritty and real. The cinematography of it, the way it was lit, the way it was written, it, the the acting that went into it. All of that. I totally, 100% see it, appreciate it, understand it, and still toss it off. Because I have to recommend movies to friends. And this is one that... Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you another cop movie. I'm gonna give you a lot of different cop movies that are great right now in the last 40 years. Um, but if I am teaching a, uh, a, uh, um, theater appreciation course and we're going to dissect ways to make movies and how they are good and how you can do it. Yeah. This one all of a sudden skyrockets to the top, but that's not what I watch movies for. Um, right. I watch movies for entertainment. Uh, and I review and discuss these things based on the entertainment value of them, not the art or cinematography or history of them. Okay, now I bashed it enough. What can you burn me on? Okay, <laughs> what can you bash it? On? Um, what What do you guys say? For, so for there, Dennis. So I've got oh boy, I've got a I've got a list of things. So yeah, um, we've been doing this podcast for a while. Yeah, if you've been with us for like forty years, we've been doing this. Yeah. Um, you know that I, I like I, several things. I like to be entertained by a movie, but I also have a reverence for history in the past and things mm-hmm. that probably more than than is necessarily earned, more than a lot of people, but not as much as you know, true cinephiles or whatever. Sure. Um, I also have a habit, a sort sometimes bad habit, of multitasking and mostly listening to things that I watch that are not... Oh, you can't do that with uh, this one, in, right? not, not really great. Not in a foreign language. Yeah. I started this movie, and there's a little bit of stuff with no dialogue, and then there's a lot of dialogue. And then there's some more stuff with no dialogue, and then there's a lot of dialogue again when they're in the police station. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, uh, side note, I did have the sort of fun... And i using the word fun ironically there... Um, experienced that uh the the service where i was watching this had uh no subtitles or it did have subtitles but then they were out of sync and i had a tool where i could try and adjust those subtitles but it wasn't really working (laughs) and uh, i was trying to do that in a scene where they're in a nightclub with um the three uh with the the music group of color however you say that uh singing about people going to the moon Mm -hmm. um and so I saw clip and heard clips of that song and that scene over and over. And so I've got the, you know, I had that song in my head for a couple of days. Um, anyway, after that's a, so there's, there's all this dialogue and I start doing something on my computer and I'm sort of listening and I get to where, like, I'm sort of listening to what hap- what's happening. I glance over and I realize I'm 45 minutes into this movie and I have no idea what's going on. Yeah. I, uh, I had because that. Because. 
because it's very much like uh, so i went back and watched it in the house with sarah and my dad because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. my dad was uh, you know i i he's like what movie you know because they know we i do put up the podcast and they're like what's your movie that you've got to watch like we watched the first part of uh robin hood together mm-hmm. and then sarah and i finished it um and i was like oh it's it's french connection and he's like yeah mama i'll watch that uh, hmm. but maybe he's like if you're gonna watch it in here i might watch it with you uh like he's pretty sure that he saw it but probably you know when it was relatively new and not in the last 30 years right because uh, it's a 50 year old movie um and so we watched it and we had these I, I you know i got to I got to witness some of these different reactions. Like, you know, Sarah kept saying, like, very little was happening on the screen, but it was stressing her out. Right? <laughs> okay. It's like they're doing this chase, and it's this, you know, what I what I came to find a little later is a fairly accurate representation of what these uh, these stakeouts and these, quote, not chase, like there's a chase later, but there's, um, what do you call it? Uh, I don't know, when they're following them. Mm-hmm. Right, the co- the cops are following these criminals, trying not to get oh, made, trying not stuff. to get yeah, spotted. Yeah. Uh, the, the stakeout and the and the you know uh, the tailing, tailing, the tailing yeah, them. Yeah. Um, and they're switching, right? Like they're doing these this leapfrogging, where like Gene Hackman's following him for a while, and then Roy Scheider is following him for a while, and they're going back and forth so the people don't spot them, and it's and it's very tense, and there's. There's no talking. There's no dialogue. There's a little bit of weird, tense music to, you know, the seventies music to keep the mood right. Um, and you know, that's how, that's how this whole movie goes. So we watch the whole thing. We get to the end. They do those title cards to tell you what happened. And Sarah got out. She like, you know, grabbed her phone or her drink. She stood up. She like, gave me a look like uh you know really thanks for wasting thanks for wasting my time yeah yeah (laughs) and i'm like i'm with her i'm I'm with her i'm like i have never seen this and she's (laughs) like no that's that's a that's a look you can convey to fox when uh when you talk to him next (laughs) right thanks for wasting my time yeah i i sent fox the gif from uh from the princess bride when um when Fred Savage, they they cut back to the frame, and Fred Savage goes, "Jesus, Grandpa, why'd you read me this thing?" <laughs> yeah, right, right. That that sort of reaction, and and Dad was sort of the same way. He was like, "So after all that, that's that's how this ends." He's like, "I've I know I've seen this, but I don't remember the, the, any the, of that." They're just like, "Oh yeah, by the way, it's over." And uh, you know what? You know what it felt like? It felt like, uh, you know, we we're good. We made a good movie. Uh, here's the end. Uh, we're just going to write it for you on the screen. Right, that, right. That's exactly how I felt. Um, and so I <laughs> good, you know, good on Sarah. That as, was a good look. Yeah. As I sometimes do um, when I have a, so th- this is what I do. Right. I hear about a thing and I'm and and watch a thing like a movie, a movie that's held up. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah. it's it's on people's lists mm-hmm. of like important or whatever. You know. Yeah. Talking about. Vertigo, Psycho, The Godfather, Citizen Kane, you know, a lot of those movies we saw on the poster. Um, and if I, 
sometimes I try to prepare myself and I, I wish that I had done that with this movie. I don't know that I'd necessarily be willing to sit through it again, knowing what I know. Yeah. I would probably enjoy it better. Um, knowing, you know, two things, right. Maybe knowing how it ends, I wouldn't be anticipating that. I would just be, you know, watching able what's to experience the, time, the, yeah. the, 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 you know, what's happening on the screen, knowing that it's based on real events and that they have the actual cops that these characters are based on there on set. Like, yeah. you know, I'll, I'll put a link to that YouTube video. It's not, it's not a great like YouTube video production, but it does give you like a 20, I don't think it's even 20 minutes. It is um, yeah, it's 20 minutes. Yeah. It's about 20 minutes, uh, sort of breakdown of the like filmmaking merits of this movie, but then also like that's his intent or like here are the thing because he, he calls it the things that I learned. And so it's like, here are the merits of this movie. But in the process of communicating that he also reveals, and I think there's at least one documentary about how this movie was made because it was so unique in the time. Um, you know, unveils all those details about how they're doing this kind of documentary style filmmaking, kind of, you know, what I would call the office style. But of course, Mm -hmm. this is, you know, 30 some years before the office was made um, that nobody else was doing where they got these handheld cameras they are using natural light. um, Very little is scripted. They have some actual cops. They're doing this thing. So all these things that you see are, yes, they're exaggerated a little bit, but the film, the, I think it's the director is on record saying that it's, like 90 percent accurate yeah uh to real life and so you're like okay like i don't know if like maybe if i had known that stuff before i could have gone into the movie with different expectations that's why i started this whole thing uh by saying people have been listening to the show for a while know things that i do and prefer and sort of the way that i think i i am fairly sensitive about things that i recommend to people yeah, uh, because if it's a thing that I like, I want them to like it, too. And so I want to make sure that they understand what it is I'm recommending and why and what kind of expectations they should have going into it is why I talk about expectations all the time, um, because I watched this movie and even before I watched those YouTube videos, I was like, OK, this has to be something that uh, like when we did the hundred movie poster. Mm-hmm the bucket list poster, a handful of movies on that poster were movies that were good and fun. Yeah. And then right. a a good, at least third of them were um, like landmark movies or, yeah, sure. or turning point movies. We always talk about, um, and this wasn't on the, the, the rings trilogy. Yeah. This, this wasn't on the poster. So, so um, it didn't fit into any, either of those two, according to that poster maker. Yeah, and there were, I feel like there had to have been some kind of detective crime movies on there. I don't remember. I'd have to go back and look. But um, this seems to me a movie that even knowing all the things that I know, it's one of those where on the poster we would, when we did older movies on the poster, we watched older movies on the poster, we'd talk about the balance between... uh, uh, what are the words I want to use for this? I want to say important, but that's not really what I mean. Um, Relevant? Or... How, well, how how fun or enjoyable, and fun is a weird word there too, yeah. but um, how, much, how much entertainment value now 
a movie has balanced with how much significance it has to the history of film, right? And those are the, the two sides of the same. And a lot of the movies on the poster had elements of both, right? You're like, oh, this is, it was, you know, good, the bad, and the ugly was, you know, this Western that influenced all these things that came after. But it's still, you know, a compelling story. And you see this yeah. shootout at the end and, and all of this stuff. Um, this movie, to me, sits entirely on the on the extreme end of that spectrum where it is significant to the history of film yeah i i agree Um, and and i think the thing i don't like because of that is that this requires homework before you watch it right like maybe knowing knowing why and knowing why this is happening or why these things are doing or why you're seeing what you're seeing is evoking feelings and why, I mean, to truly appreciate this movie, you have to know why you're appreciating it. Like, yeah. I mean, I think like for me, I would want to know everything in that 20 minute video with none of the spoilers. Yeah. And yeah, I don't think, well, well, here, let let me tell, I don't know if he talks about the ending in the video, but I think if somebody had told me, um, like just a handful of things. Like if they said this changed the way that people made cop movies and it's based on real people, real events with, you know, real cops involved in the production, then I would have had a completely different like perspective and expectation than I watched it. I don't, I don't think I needed to know that like they're doing this handheld camera stuff and it's like a documentary and they're mm-hmm. using natural light and, and all that. I don't think I needed all of that. Um, right, but just a couple of things, but still, but, but even, then, even then, is it, is it like, wow, I was, I, I came away from that, like feeling good or better or, or enriched or my, you know, I'm glad I did that thing. Like, I, I don't know if I, I know that no, I, didn't I mean, feel that. I mean, we, we watched, we've watched other movies that are old and difficult to sort of consume now as a as a modern yeah. viewer, I'm thinking about like, um, Rashomon. Yeah. Right. Sure. Which wasn't on our poster, yeah. but was another, um, Kurosawa film yeah. that I had to do a little, you know, I had to watch some YouTube videos afterward to fully, to fully get it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still like, there was still a lot happening in the movie that still was was compelling even if i was confused yeah sure right? i right. was like what sure. okay what's yeah. what's going on here like in this movie aside from uh often being confused about who was who apart from the three leads right yeah, like sure you know gene hackman uh roy schneider i could I'm probably not pronouncing that right. Schneider, yeah. And yeah, I always want to say uh, Rob Schneider, but it's Roy Schneider. Rob Schneider, right? right. The, the guy from Jaws. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Fernando Rey, the 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 French mm-hmm. uh, protagonist, Charnier, antagonist, Eric. and and maybe the actor, though you don't see the actor uh, very often. You see him in a couple of scenes. Um, the French actor mm-hmm. in the in the story. Um, aside from that main villain and these two main cops a lot of the other characters looked the same to me or bland you know ish enough, part of yeah. part of that is the is the time and the styles and and the, whatever they, they're generic but, cop 01 or generic cop 02 it feels like everything they were doing or right? or even the other um 
the other criminal is involved. Like yeah, I right. couldn't always Generic tell them. One. Yeah. Tell them apart, except for the 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 sniper. Um, I, I, I'll, let me give, let me give an example because so, we're kind of being some vague about this, like what what do you need to learn and what you need to do and what you need to know. Uh, let me give an example so that someone listening can kind of clarify it. Uh, there is several scenes in this movie where the cops are on stakeout, where they go into a car and they have to watch uh, people, you know, look look to see if some they make a move or whatever, and the director in this, when you realize later, they're like, well, we wanted to make sure that people saw a real cop experience. This is the first time that we, we show on there, like what it's like, and it's boring and it's not great. And they would sit there and we'll spend a lot of time with them doing nothing. Right. Cause there, right. there are significant times in the movie where they're, they're just staking out and they're not doing anything. And they're just, you know, it's very boring and it's, it's cop work. that's dirty and gritty. Right. And that's why we do it. And we put it real cause it's real. Right. And, mm-hmm. but when you're watching it, it's boring, right? And it's, right. and it's not great because it's boring to the cops. It's boring in real life, right? right? So while that's good because it's showing you realistic stuff and it's giving you the feelings of what the, the cop stuff is, it is, there is different things that movies give to us with escapism. Like, I don't like <laughs> that sitting at my, my aunt's at Thanksgiving is boring when we all watch or Christmas and we're all opening presents or doing white rush, white whatever it's called elephant it's not fun and it's not boring and i don't want to want to live that every day so when someone Mm. puts a thing out there and says but this is real it doesn't make it better right yes it's real so so anyway that's the way to say that like this movie is a lot of that stuff it's it's it does a lot of these kind of things that like well the lighting was real because that's kind of like it was real lighting but it's hard to see or it's dark and like yeah but that's real and that's and that's why this is great I understand, and that's right, and you're correct. But does that make my experience better? Right, that I get to, I have to experience these things that are like real or that are mm-hmm. difficult. Right, um, for, for me, it did not enhance those things. I give them credit for doing those things. And actually, uh, this cinema Tyler thing was was a great thing because. Um, it gave it, the directors give me it gave me a, a perspective of um, I see this a lot that they don't always necessarily they're not doing it for some higher calling or they're doing it some for artistic reason like he says I lit this because of this reasons because we didn't have time or I'm just not a planner right so I we we did mm-hmm. two two things uh, we didn't have enough money so we didn't have a lot of film things so we only made did two takes right so that means that they had to get right. it right on the first time or we hired a, a a camera guy who was experienced in documentaries and then we just filmed it in two shots and he had to like raw talent go um, mm-hmm. and and because of that it's you get to see somebody doing their own work and you, and it's, it's rough, but you don't know. And you're like, he did a lot and you can appreciate him for your job. Take that away. It's a difficult scene to view because it was only shot in one take and it was low lit and you don't know what's happening and you're confused. Right. Mm -hmm. So is it good? Is it real? Does it show his talent? Sure. Is it easy to read? Is it easy to understand? Do I know what's happening in the scene? No. Right. Those are two totally different things. Uh, yeah. And yeah. 
one of the things that, that makes me not so great about this movie is that you have to know those things to appreciate it and to, to truly appreciate right. it. And the cinema Tyler had some great, great things throughout the whole thing about things I never would have seen. And it made me like appreciate the jobs that all of the actors and the director and the, the cinematographer all did really gave me a high appreciation for those guys. Um, but this movie, not for me. That's, I guess that's my final thoughts. Not, not, not for me. Um, the chase scene, let's talk about the chase scene real quick, because we talked about this last week when we picked this movie is that it's known for the chase scene. Um, it's fine. It, it, there's so many chase scenes in the world right now. It's there's, there's, you know, I, I know at the time I'll give the, the, the art history, uh, appreciation for it. Sure. It was great at the time. Um, I'm not a fan of why people try to make bigger scenes out of it. Uh, they'll say things like, uh, it's a metaphorical thing where the police officer is having a rough time and he has to, uh, go all out to drive underneath the train, which is like the cops being underneath metaphysically under the, under the, the, the criminals who are just skating and riding above the police while they're working hard. I'm like, Oh, that stuff. That's like. That's English major stuff. Yes. That um, stuff is not what the director thought of until 10 years later when somebody else said, is this what you meant? He's like, yeah, that's what I meant. Right. That is not that. Is, he just he shot a good he, thing. He can add he, that later. Like, yeah, they they talk about he talks about it in an interview that's in that YouTube. Video. He does like very uh, recently before this movie was made. They made Bullet with Steve. Bullet. McQueen, yeah. He talks about I, can't, I couldn't do that. I've. I've I've heard of, I've never seen, but, you know, they did a really good, intense chase scene with two cars. And he was like, well, I can't do that because that's the same thing. But they were walking around New York and they're like, there are these trains here. What if one guy's on a train? And, like, that right. was good. Like, I could see all the, Fine. like, yeah. what's what's now rough in the, there's no metaphor to it. They're just like, what if he's on the train and Gene Hackman misses, or, you know, the cop Popeye can't get on the train but wants to wants to still catch up with him. Now, what does he have to deal with? And he does like, yeah. you know, uh, you know, he but, has but people make more running, of it than it running actually through is. stops yeah. signals and stuff because he doesn't have a patrol car. Um, and, 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 he, and he, he's doing and, it because it's at all costs. He doesn't care if there's a, a baby carriage in the way or if he's going to get, no, no, it's, it wasn't about that. It was exactly what you just described. It was, they walked through New York and they're like, it would be cool if, Right. Yeah, and I mean the the intensity of the they have the guy, yeah. the real guy that that character is based on is there on the set, and he was a a fierce, obsessive like a you know police officer who would like do you know as much as he could, whatever he had to do to try and catch people, and that's why uh, you know Gene Hackman's character makes those decisions. So the other thing I wanted to say, this movie won five oscars in 1972 okay and i was curious of course as as we would say with the oscars like the academy awards what what were the alternatives oh like, yeah what other you movies? do this occasionally i like this i do like this because yeah. that's important it like, is important like this movie won. it's like we talked about i want to say gangs of new york won over or lost to uh uh Oh, the Howard Hughes movie, The Aviator. Aviator, yeah. Uh, I forget which way that thing went. And you're like, well, yeah. I mean, in a in a year where you don't have The Aviator, then sure, Gangs of New York is pretty good. It, it like, kills it, you know. right? Yeah. 
whatever. So uh, the 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 other nominations for Best Picture this year were A Clockwork Orange, which ah, we watched on the poster. I hate that show. <laughs> uh, Fiddler on the Roof. Sure. Uh, the Last Picture Show mm, and okay. Nicholas and Alexandra. Okay. Now, so that does I'm not, not seem those like last competition. Two. No, I I have heard of Last Picture Show. I've seen Fiddler on the Roof. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I mean, yeah, if you're talking about Best Picture, like, I mean, I would rather give it to this than Clockwork Orange. Yeah, I don't right. know that. Uh, I don't know that Fiddler on the Roof does anything like Fiddler on the Roof is great, but I don't know if it did anything like new or groundbreaking or whatever right. to call it uh best picture. Um and let's see. The other leading actor nominations cuz uh Gene Hackman won this um was Topol from Fiddler on the Roof, mm-hmm. which you know is a perfectly good performance. Yeah. Um Peter Finch Sunday Bloody Sunday I have not seen Walter Matthau for a movie called Coach Koch. Never heard of George C. Scott for The Hospital. I don't know. Those are the three movies, so I can't really say one way or the other. Um, It's like, like, who's your your competition? You won a trophy. Right. Who's your competition? competition? Like, like Gene Hackman is at the beginning of his career and. Um, and he, he was serviceable. You know, he was good. He was fine. I mean, yeah. I mean, this is he, he, it he's was better than those other people you just mentioned. Yeah, you can see his performance in this movie, and it it almost kickstarts his career. Like all the stuff that he did after that, after this, like yeah. started with this moment. Yeah. And he's a good actor. Um, yeah. yeah, he's he's a very good actor. But yeah, for for best picture, like. I guess if those were the other options, like it's, it's sure. Right. Yeah. It's kind of the same thing. So, so yeah, I'm in that, I'm in that camp of like, unless you are interested in the topic of filmmaking and, um, all of those kinds of things, I don't think this movie is fun to watch otherwise. Yeah. Like I I would agree. You know, I've, I said, you know, several times, so we'll, we'll jump out of spoilers here because we haven't really been talking about the ending yeah, for, yeah. for any of this. But even if I had known ending at the top, air quotes. <laughs> yeah, even if I had known before I watched it that this was, you know, based on real people, based on true events and uh, changed the way that we made cop movies. That's what I said in the spoiler mm-hmm. section were the two things I wish I had been told before I watched it. Yeah. I could have enjoyed it for those things in an almost academic sense. Yeah. Right. I'm not an academic, but I can, I can enjoy things that are fun, uh, funny, emotionally moving, or, um, um, uh, you know, make me think about things a different way. I can also appreciate and enjoy things for the achievement of what they, of what they made. Right. Like I've, especially on a rewatch with something like the office, you know, I learn a little bit more about how they made it, what was involved, and I can watch it and be entertained that way. It's like, you know, pe- people read fiction and nonfiction, yeah. right? The different people watch uh, people watch sitcoms and documentaries. Yeah. Um, the documentaries that are based in facts and not propaganda. Yeah. That's a different conversation. Um, but, and, and so all of that to say... 
that's the only way I think I would have enjoyed watching this movie. I don't want to yeah. I don't want to talk about the ending, but it it was tense and slow and I I think the way that you described it in the spoiler section is good. It's realistic in a in a maybe bad way. At the very yeah. least, realistic in a frustrating way. Yeah. I for 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 my uh wrap up thing, I will say um this is a cop movie and if someone wants to watch a cop movie, I am 100% going to tell them to spend their time to go watch The Departed. Uh I'm going to go tell them to watch Heat or uh The Fugitive or even Die Hard. Uh to watch a cop movie, Traffic, you know, uh seven these are these are better movies than this you can yell at me all you want about the history of a thing (laughs) but for your entertainment and your time and your uh genre of crime drama thriller those other movies that i that i mentioned are you a better use of your time for entertainment reasons um and uh the last thing i want to say about this thing was this and this is not somewhere i usually sit on stuff especially when you talk about historical things, this has sensitive areas that I just can't stick with. Like, Oh yeah. We didn't, we didn't even talk. We didn't even talk about that. Like it it is very racist. This is a movie. Yeah. This is a movie made in 1971 by 60s, 70s, uh, directors, actors, and police officers. Yeah. So and, and I lived. No... I lived through the eighties and nineties where things like this set the precedence for how we think of police officers, how we think of African American communities and people and drugs and violence. This is a movie that sets those stereotypes and archetypes, and we see the bad things that things like this have set up in the future. So right. when I watch this movie, I can't help but say, sure. I grew up in the eighties knowing that tough cops that go at any cost to get their African-American criminal is, was thing like, no, that's actually bad. And I know that that's Mm -hmm. bad to have it in movies where all these, you know, ruffians are African-American people where cops shoot other cops in the, in the goal of getting the, the justice or, Right. You know, stealing people's cars and, you know, bashing. And I saw so much in this movie that I just couldn't overlook. And like, this is not good mm-hmm. to glorify. Right. And, sure. and, and I'm not, and I know you can hate me for that thing, for that thing. But there are some movies that you just gotta be like, no, dude, all right, you've gone too far. And this movie was full of it. This is this movie. These lead characters were today should be jailed and not, they they were they're bad cops. Even in this movie, they get fired like twice for their terrible right, right. choices. And what they mm-hmm. do ends up being kind of justified because they're going, but they but it's fully based on and justifies the means without these guys even even knowing with any proof that they are doing what's right. And then when the title cards come at the end, spoiler semi alert, it's just it just tells you that they really didn't find anything in the end anyway. And none of these guys got any bad stuff. So all these terrible things that they did that were not good didn't even come out justified. So that really did not set well with me. So I want to say that on the show, that even though I don't put those kind of feelings or stuff into movies, and I don't want to see this, this movie uh, 
can't be seen without that in the last 10 years without realizing if you want to put historical precedents into things, uh, this lets kids watching it thinking, I want to be a cop, realize that I can take a gun and shoot whoever I want and take a car and bash over the whole world just to get what I think is right. Because it did, and mm-hmm. it does, and other movies followed that in like the next 20 years with those sentiments because this did it. So Right, without maybe without as much uh, basis in reality as this movie has. Yeah. More take take things further for the entertainment value of it. Sure. Yeah. yeah so I, I, get that. I, I know that's something we usually do, but I had to say it and I, I, I just felt it the whole time watching the show while, while doing it. And, and I am not one of those guys. You, you guys have all listened to me on my reviews before. I watch a lot of shows and say like, you know, that was just the times and that's the way it was. And that's how we think. But man, if you wanted to give me, his, you know, put this movie as like, well, this is historically significant. Then I'm going to put you back like, yes, it was historically significant also in a very negative precedent sending way. Um, sure. And, and it was. Uh, okay. Well, I, sorry to be downer on that one. And, and I don't want to bash movies that people love. But um, yeah, not for me. What do we got next week? It's me. It's my turn. We didn't even talk about this one, right? So, um, no. by the way, Fox recommended that to us. Um I want to mm-hmm. say thanks for that because um, it's a good conversation. Uh, the spoiler section we had was a good conversation. Uh, even though we didn't come down on liking it, it's good to talk about movies about why you don't, you know, don't like them or do like them or what you see in them uh, in a good conversational way. So this did that. And I thank Fox for that. Uh, okay. Cool. What do we uh, watch? How how are you feeling? We're up in uh, Halloween time. I don't think I have a Halloween movie for you. Um, um, I don't know if either of us put any. I know I've because your list is longer than mine. I sometimes use my. Uh, I sometimes use my week to pick a uh, a, a listener suggestion or a, a yeah. Oh yeah, you're doubling, doubling into that one. Um, how about this? Uh, let me get since we didn't talk about this earlier off offline. Uh, I have some some movies that are thought provoking and serious, and I also have some fun uh, adventure type shows. What are you feeling? Pick those between those two things. What are, what are you feeling? And I'll pick one. Um, do you want to spend know. time could, on a movie, or do you want to have popcorn? We could do a we could do something lighter after this last. Uh, okay. This last pick. Okay. Lighter is cool. Let us watch. Um, I'm going to clicking quickly through here. Uh, Willow. That's fun. Have we not watched Willow already? I don't think so. Have you watched Willow? I don't. I don't think we've watched Willow. Maybe we just watched it. I maybe like maybe we just watched it. Yeah. And put, hey, you know what? Okay, I'll switch it up. We'll we'll do some research into whether we've watched the show on Willow thing and, and I'll, I'll reserve that for another week if we haven't okay if, so if we let have, us watch we'll, uh, well oh you're gonna you're gonna pick something i'll pick else. i'll pick something different hey matter of fact let's let's do let's do a, a team up thing we're gonna pick two movies that i like and i i could and i could really uh have a good time with this next week uh we could watch skyfall which is my favorite bond movie um or tombstone which is my favorite western movie hmm what do you think I could do a Bond film. There's been a lot of talk on YouTube about James Bond since the last yep. Daniel Craig Bond. And, and I and I may go watch that in this next week. So maybe that's a good idea. 
the new James Bond. Okay, Skyfall. Let's do Skyfall. That's it's kind of a a, a sit and watch movie because it's got some some stuff to it. But I I definitely like watching watching some James Bond. Okay, next week Skyfall with Daniel Craig as James Bond in uh, arguably one of his okay. his best roles for also, James Bond. Also, I found it on our website, episode one seventy five. Willow. Um, Willow, Soul, Wonder Woman 84, oh. and the first two episodes Maybe, of maybe I was just trying to trick you into watch uh, uh, one of the movies that I like so a lot. Is what do, I was trying do you to remember do. when we watched the new uh, uh, TV adaptation of The Stand? Oh, yes. I barely remember yes, that. Yes, I do remember that. Yeah. Do I remember what I think about it? No, I don't. <laughs> No. Did I, I think, did I, I like think we it? We were both unimpressed. I, I can go back and, and, and listen to our podcast and think and realize, remember yeah. what I, what I liked it about or not. Hey, coming this uh, next couple of weeks, by the way, uh, Eternals is going to be coming out, um, which is a movie worthy okay. show, which I want to watch. Uh, Dune is coming out, which is movie worthy. And I definitely want to watch the, the, the James Bond, which I've got mixed reviews on, but I don't care about reviews. Um, so, uh, those three movies are my, to watch in theaters movies within the next couple of weeks. I'm kind of excited about those. And okay. just talking to Sid today, we're like, we haven't seen a movie in it. Like gone to the theater and been like eating popcorn and enjoying what's up on the screen since like Shang-Chi or, or free guy. So, mm-hmm. um, I think those next three are, are exciting. Actually, this next like couple months are pretty exciting with Spider-Man ha- happening too, um, as well. Uh, so yeah, cool, cool. I'm I'm kind of excited about those things. Uh, Skyfall, guys, go go watch that this week. It's it's it'll be a fun watch. All right, what do we got next, Dennis? What can we talk about? Uh, hey, let's do our trailers. We we spent some time doing trailers. We got like ten minutes left of the show. We can sure run yeah. Through these there's things. not a not a lot to say here. Um, so let's kick off. We've got the Batman. I don't know that I Ooh, have that's much the to new say trailer of the Batman from DC. What's it called DC Fandom. They did a fan, fan mini online. Oh, that's right. Thing. That was that was a week or so ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's uh, this is this is Pattinson, Twilight. Yeah, Twilight uh, guy, guy, mm-hmm. Batman. Yeah. Um, I d- did we see the Riddler? I didn't know if we. Saw, uh, and I, I don't see, know. We, I don't know. We just I, he's heard clearly him the guy, and, right? And we saw uh, who I'm almost certain is the Penguin. He did look like a penguin. Right. I've not read about guy this who, show, so I don't know. There's a guy who looks like penguin. I don't know a lot about this. Uh, there are clown I guys saw, in there, like gangsters that are, are not gangsters, but like yeah. I saw um, I saw uh, the guy from <laughs> whose name I'm completely blanking on. The guy who played Bernard in uh, in Westworld, who is uh, oh yeah, he's in, Commissioner Gordon, I think. In right? what ifs, he's Commissioner Gordon. Yeah. Uh, which is cool. I like that. Uh, That's good casting. Andy Serkis playing Alfred. Think so. Think so. That, which is it weird. Look like an Alfred type. Uh, Zoe Kravitz playing who I assume is Selena Kyle. Uh, oh, Catwoman. oh, and and my girl that I am in love with forever playing Catwoman. <laughs> it's uh, what's her name? Uh, Armatus Arma Arma. You know what I'm talking about, right? She was in uh, 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 um, Blade Runner 2040 something. Oh, Ana de Armas? Yeah, is she's Catwoman, I think. Is she? Okay, I, then I believe not, so. Then that's not Zoe. Zoe Kravitz is playing somebody else. Yeah, um, and, and and I and I I heart her so much. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, she was in um, um, that murder mystery movie, uh, Knives Out. Yes, also yes, and I, and she's in the new she's in the new Bond film. I, don't I, think I will, she's I will have to go go and, and verify that, but I'm pretty sure that that's her. 
Um, right, right. So we saw, and we saw her for the first time. I could be wrong on that one. So sure. don't hold that against me, guys. I, I'm not. Anyway, this anyway, is a Batman, Batman movie. Batman. I I don't know that I have anything to say about it based on this trailer. It looks I, like I liked Batman. the trailer uh, more than I liked the other trailer. A lot of punching, a lot of capes and yeah, cars and explosions. I, 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 dig, I dig it. I like, um, you know, new interpretations for Batman. I'm not saying it's a new interpretation for Batman, but like new takes on cinematography and acting or whatever for Batman's cool. Uh, sure. I still don't. Pattinson as Bruce Wayne and all the, the trailers that I've seen for this and even this one is like, eh, whatever. Him as Batman, cool. I mean, mm, the sure. the scenes that I've seen, the Batmobile, that stuff seemed cool. The directing seemed cool. Uh, whereas before I wasn't hyped about it. I'm not hyped now, but I, I'll watch it when it comes out. Yes. Mm. Like, sure. Yeah. I, I won't avoid it like, say, maybe another movie. Uh, okay, so moving along, there's a show that I know you liked in the past, uh, sequel to Scream, right? Just called Scream. Is it just called Scream? Yeah, yeah. This is a this. I think it's just called Scream, which is a weird kind of thing because it's definitely a sequel. I see uh, in the trailer, I see a lot of the original cast. Yeah. Um, listeners of the show will know that I'm not a big horror movie right uh, fan. But this, but this but is in, the one that you did like though of it. Kind of, which is a it's a weird sort of thing. It 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 informed a lot of my opinions on horror movies and also movies in general uh, oh, because okay. of its sort of meta style and writing. Yeah. Um, this uh, these movies were made in I want to say the mid to late nineties. Nineties, yeah, sure. Um, and. They would have already been out in video stores in the time, like, late high school, early college, um, before I took film appreciation as one of my favorite anecdotes about movies and film appreciation. In the very first class, the the professor, the instructor of this class, who also happened to write the textbook, which is a weird uh, thing, but he wrote a book uh, that was the textbook for the class called The Art of Watching Film. His contention was that the the art, if if film is an art form, the there is an art to watching a movie, which coincidentally, not coincidentally, but now that I think back after all the conversations we've had about expectations and what you bring into a movie watching experience makes perfect sense. Yeah. Um, but in the first class, he was, you know, sort of lecturing, sort of asking, like, what... Um, what is film like is film art and if it is who is the artist like a painting a song of singing is a little different because you've got performance there but like with sculpture with painting um with a variety of other art forms the artist is very clear uh you know poetry uh novel writing um all those kind of things it's 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 very clear in in film it's who is the artist is it the writer is it the director? The director is the closest to being the artist, but they're not the sole because they're they're not the sole artist because there are writers, there are producers that influence decisions, there are actors who make performances, there are all these things. And uh, what I said when when he asked that question, like what what makes art, what makes film different from other art forms, I raised my hand and I said it's collaborative, mm-hmm. which is a line from. Uh, scream two or three in in the second or third scream movie i don't remember which 
um, the main characters are in college now and they're studying film like they're making movies. Um, so it gets like the movies get more meta, of course, as you go into uh, the trilogy. But there's a character in the first one who works in a video store, right, which is a thing that doesn't exist anymore but <laughs> he's the expert on movies so he's like here are the rules if you want to survive a horror movie like there's this guy and he's killing people so we're in a horror movie here's how you survive and it's it's meta like we've seen a lot of meta entertainment since then but this is one of the first uh um things like that that i that i ever watched and so i'm like oh okay so this horror movie is also kind of teaching me about horror movies <laughs> right uh, sure okay yeah which was a which was a funny sort of thing because I didn't Very it wasn't like I then went and watched you know Halloween we watched Halloween because it was on the poster but you know back in the early 2000s I did not go and watch you know Friday the 13th or or um Halloween or any of those classic films I just got that sort of general sense in these archetypes from the Scream trilogy and uh a handful of others at the time but um, yeah, so I'm excited for this. Like, it'll probably be heavy on nostalgia and, and that kind of stuff, but I'm sure I'll go watch it. Yeah. I, I, I liked, I liked the, uh, the, the people like that they brought back the old people. Some, something I liked about this trailer too, by the way, was, um, uh, what is it? The modernness of it. They kind of, uh, I like uh, I'm going to point out the, what is it? The, uh, the Alexa I just triggered everybody's Alexa. Um, <laughs> uh, the thing where they're like, uh, cl- close all the doors and on our phone. And then like the door, Oh, uh, right. All the right. doors unlocked. Smart, like, smart house stuff. Right? That was cool. That was great. The, I'm, I'm sure that this is not the movie that started this, but this is, you know, the movie where I saw the, you know, the calls coming from inside the house. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The the killer is on the phone and he's like, your popcorn's starting to burn. And like, she's got the Jiffy pop thing on the, on the stove behind her or whatever. Like, yeah. And so then it's like, not just as a creepy voice on the phone and you're in a big house by yourself, because I think a lot of people have experienced that, right? Like you're in a big house by yourself and it's dark and you hear all these sounds, right? Like houses make a lot of noise. A lot of you know creaks and and then the furnace mm-hmm. kicks on or or whatever kind of stuff and then the phone rings and startles you and there's a creepy voice but whoever wherever this person is they can see you right and you're like you know now there's a new level of of fear to the thing and yeah they show in the trailer that they're using those same kind of uh like primal what we call lizard brain kind of kind of fear survival mm-hmm. things but the technology of now instead of you know just a phone and a and a stovetop you know popcorn thing right yeah the the that was that was they that was the smart cool. house with the locks yeah. and and and, and the stuff. um a phone that somebody's texting you and it says this is not that person but it's from them like those sure, little right. modern things for a show that's like set not set in the past but like has uh, connections to the past and stuff like it's it's so right this is the show but today in a really yeah. smart way so that trailer was that yeah. trailer was pretty pretty great for those reasons um all right so this is the next one was one that i hadn't heard of or known about or anything and then you showed me um the so hit monkey hit monkey this is a this is a hulu series uh based on a marvel 
something. Yeah, which I, I had not heard about. So uh, it looks like the trailer says some guy dies and he can come back as a ghost, but only talk to a monkey. And yep. he, the monkey can talk to him. You don't ever hear the monkey talk, it seems, in the trailer. Um, right, right. But he uses the monkey to, or he convinces the monkey to go get vengeance for him. And go, get revenge. go go kill guys. Yeah. And it sounds completely absurd. And it's animated. <laughs> uh, but right, right. it it's absurd in one point, And then the trailer, as it goes on for just two minutes, like, I'm into this. <laughs> you know, I'm, I, I mm. could, this would be great. All the little things that they keep saying, like, oh, now the monkey says that he doesn't want to kill unless they're bad guys. And like, oh, if that's your moral center. Like, there's just like, you mean there's conflict between the go- human ghost and the monkey assassin? This is great. I'm all over it. Right? Yeah, I, th- I think maybe this is a character who, like, pops up in a in a Deadpool issue or something. Right. Um, briefly. And, yeah, so there's some some kind of route there. But, yeah, it seems funny and ridiculous and uh we'll have to watch it when it comes out yeah right um and then the last one is there is a uh new home alone is is this reboot i forget uh yes or it's just remake remake maybe yeah i think i think just full remake it doesn't appear to be any kind of sequel i didn't see i don't think i saw any of the same characters it seems like the same story as the original movie, but in England with English characters. <laughs> in England, <laughs> right? That's that's basically it. And one of the one of the Harry and Marv um, uh, criminal characters is Ellie Kemper from The Office and uh, uh, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Oh, oh yeah, I didn't think about that one. Also, there's the guy from. Uh, one of the the Marv guys is from the show I watch Catastrophe on Amazon. Um, oh right, right, right. Yeah, and which... the uh, the mom character is played by the wife girlfriend in um, Living with Yourself that we saw with Paul Rudd. Yes, that Netflix yes. Netflix series. Yeah, right, um, right. So so those those are I. Uh, this one, this one, I don't know. I actually, the trailer made me think, like, eh, I am not really interested. Um, how how long ago did you watch the original? Not that long ago, believe it or not, because I watched it with okay. Sid, and and yeah, she and I, she enjoy enjoys the original just fine. Like it holds up. Just I fine. think I think we put it on a couple years ago around Christmas, and it's definitely like I know when I was a kid. Like, I loved it. I thought it was great. I think I, even at the time, recognized how, how silly and dumb it was. But it was silly and dumb the same way as, you know, Beethoven or with the dog and any of those other movies that I watched as a kid were. Um, I had the uh, the tape recorder with the microphone, the, the talk boy that he has in the second one. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was the big, that was the big, like, hot ticket Christmas gift thing that you couldn't find anywhere for a long mm-hmm. time. Yeah, yeah. Um but yeah, we watched it within the last couple of years and it's it's definitely one of those like not that different from from the Scream movie where I'm like yeah, I'm not going to expect much of this or like those uh those Netflix Christmas movies, right? Where you're like this seems to be 
doing a thing. And so I think as long as they don't take it too seriously, which I can't imagine how you could take a Home Alone movie <laughs> yeah, right. and, and take yourself too seriously. But uh, as long as they don't do that, as long as they keep it goofy and ridiculous and, and whatnot, uh, it'll probably be fine. Yeah, Not it'll be fine. I, I, it's kind of like those Tom and Jerry movies or things that like, uh, I'll take my 12 year old and they'll enjoy it just fine. Sure. Sure. Right. But, but it's not like some shows you can see and like, Oh man, they're remaking that it was so much fun and they're going to do it better. And it's all new things. And I'm excited to watch how they do it differently. And eh, this one, I, I don't, I, I don't really care. I mean, it, the, the trailer did nothing for, for that, for me, put it that way. Hmm, um, and, sure. and not to mention that they did home alone, like three or four home alones. And they're all based around setting traps for, uh, what's it called? Um, <laughs> Three Stooges comedy, the, the slapstick right, right. kind of comedy, yeah, yeah, and they yeah. were fine. They were great. They did the thing, all the things that you could do. Sing another one, eh? You know, it's it's fine. Go, go. That's that's true. That's true. They'll have to find. I mean, I never saw. Well, I obviously saw the second one, but I never saw any of the sequels that they made without Macaulay Culkin. Um, oh yeah, yeah. They made, uh, like the third one or something. They made at least one. Uh, after that, yeah. um, that I never saw. Um, right. So yeah, they'll have to they'll have to find some kind of heart because there's a little bit of heart in the original when he sort of. I think know, so. A, I think so. And I gets a little I, respect from his brother and yeah, yeah. And Colin McCulkin was just you know really good in that. Like, sure, sure. And, and yeah. I've watched some of the outside stuff and um, the the actors that that acted with him. Uh, gave him a lot of credit for being a kid that was doing good acting. Like, sure. like he's just a little kid and he's doing good acting choices. Like when the way he delivers a line or says a thing isn't with a director mm. or with an acting coach. He's just doing this because he knows what he wants to say here. And sure. so I give Macaulay Culkin credit on that one and it's heartfelt. Um, and like when he's the scene, when he goes and talks to the old man that he's scared of, Right, and they mm-hmm, have mm-hmm. a talk about his, his his son and stuff, and McCulkin's kind of pulling those things out and saying things in the way he does, um, or when he's um, scared of in the, the second I think second movie when he's scared of the pigeon lady, and they the he comes lady, together yeah. with her. That's heart. That's just what you're talking about. That it has heart, um, and I think those those make those movies sweet and and kind of nice and have a little not not moral but you know a nice thing to see. So, I don't know. Trailer didn't do it for me. Um, you know, we'll see how it goes. Maybe it's a uh, watch at home uh, type show, which, you know. Oh, yeah, 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 for t- sure. Type that thing. I don't know if I have to go to the theater to watch that show. Um, anyway. Uh, so, I, that's that's our trailers for this week. I think we've hit them. You know, hit, hit or miss uh, on, on both yeah. things. Yeah. But some we'll things see. to watch coming up. Cool, man. I, th- right. so I think we got it. We, we, we won. We got it. We, we won the it. evening. So, this... This week we're watching Skyfall. Skyfall. I'm right, excited about right. that. Okay. Yeah. It's been a, it's been a while. This, you know, I've long said that um, some shows you don't watch very often. Some shows I'll watch all the time and repeat. I can watch Star Wars every mm. night, right? Um, <laughs> by that I mean sure. like episode four. I just continually watch it on yeah, repeat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Skyfall is is one of those movies that like I don't watch, but once every five or so years because mm. it's an, an incomplete story from beginning to end, and you have to get involved in it. Uh, so it makes me happy that this is the time. This is the time to go back and relive this story, J- this James cool. Bond story. Cool. All right. 
Well, you've been listening to The Front Porch. This is episode 217. Thanks, as always, to our friends at Geek Scholars Movie News and LRM Online. Uh, check them out if you want movie uh, discussion and reviews on, on the podcast and on LRM Online. Uh, our buddy Fox does um, board game and movie reviews over there. He just posted a review for the new Dune movie, if you're interested in that. Uh, if you want to reach out to us with suggestions for things that we should watch and discuss, you can do that via email. The address is frontporchpod at gmail.com. Over on our website, frontporchpodcast.com, there are contact forms. Uh, there is a probably very out-of-date uh, list of the movies that we have in our queue already to watch and discuss. You can also uh, do what I did tonight and use a little search field to find where we have talked about movies before and completely forgotten about, like we did with willow and we did a couple weeks ago when bill was on with uh snatch yes uh if you enjoy the show please consider subscribing on the podcatcher of your choice and while you're there if you leave us a review we always appreciate that as always thanks so much for joining us until next time i'm dennis and i'm michael for the front porch night everybody see you next time